So Money episode 36, Pat Kiernan. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Hey everyone, welcome to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi, and I have with me today a New York City icon. I think I can safely say that. He is, for millions of New Yorkers, probably the first person they hear after waking up in the morning. And that person is Pat Kiernan. He is the morning news anchor at New York One News, arguably the most beloved anchor in the Big Apple, and well-known for his In the Papers feature, where he summarizes the content from the city's daily newspapers, the New York Times, the New York Post, Daily News. And for those of you not in New York City, well, good news, Pat's expanded his reach by creating a website, patspapers.com, which delivers each weekday morning a curated summary of his favorite news stories across the U.S. Now, Pat and I, we actually met about 12 years ago back at New York One where I was the business producer. And I have to say, he's one of my favorite people you know, on the staff, no doubt. I mean, he's beloved by uh, his audience and his coworkers as well. He's been a real role model for me, and I'm really excited to have him on the show. Three neat takeaways from his interview, things that I didn't know about Pat, and I think you'll be really interested to know. How he stays competitive and creates better job security for himself, especially in an industry, you know, media, it's, while it's an expanding industry, it's also for a lot of us who work in the industry, it can feel uh, like a very shrinking atmosphere. Pat's best secret for saving a fortune on staples and groceries, a practical habit that he developed to find opportunities in real estate investing that produce up to 30% better returns. And I love this, what it's like to co-host with the formidable Kelly Ripa. Pat was actually a finalist when they were looking for someone to replace Regis Philbin. And of course, Michael Strahan ultimately became the co-host, but Pat had a nice ride with it and he was one of the finalists. And I, I asked him about it because this is the kind of stuff that I'm also interested in because I'm a little bit of a of a you know stalker, a celebrity stalker. Without further ado, here is Pat Kiernan. Karen and welcome to So Money. How are you, friend? I am. I'm well. Welcome. It's been, it's been a long time since we've talked. I'm glad to do this. Thank you. I'm honored to have you on the show. And for listeners, uh, you know, Pat and I go back long time ago. I started at New York One News, where he is currently and has been there for uh, many years. The morning news anchor at New York One, probably the most beloved anchor in all of New York. Uh, I can easily say. Uh, anyway, I, Pat and I met, oh, I want to say early 2000s, maybe like 2003. I started at New York One um, as a junior producer, and um, Pat was always a great mentor to me, great role model. And uh, so this is a really great uh, sort of turn of events here now on my podcast as I'm trying to take on this new project. And so welcome, you know, Pat. For, for yeah. we, have, uh, we have proud moments around the newsroom. <laughs> when when you when you've done your morning TV appearances Aww. and we see you up on one of the national shows and and you know everyone will gather around the TV. Hey, Farnoosh is on. Oh, that's so I cool. Mean, I, I mean, there's, you there's know. some new people that don't really remember you, but for those of us who've been there for a while, it's a big moment for us. 
Well, thank you. And you know, before, <laughs> even before I took the job at New York One, I had this feeling that, you know, you take on these jobs in your life where you just know you have to take the job because it's inevitably going to be that job where you look back and you go, that's where it all happened. And for me, that's really where it all happened was New York One. It was I just come out of graduate school and it was like another level of learning Fast learning, fast paced. Uh, you learned how to produce, do everything, write, shoot. Yeah, non non union yeah. shops, non union so, shops. So, so whatever they ask you to do, you're allowed to do. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and um, you've been there for how many years now? Do we have to talk about that? Well, I just <laughs> not because I'm, I'm dismayed that I've been there for that long because it's a great gig, but it just makes me seem old. I've, I've been the morning anchor for 17 years. Wow. And you are one of the most popular, one of the most beloved anchors in New York. Um, you know, New York Magazine, Gotham is always writing about you. I think there's like a whole vertical called Pat Kiernan on these websites. <laughs> and so um, first, it's just a silly question. I mean, how does it feel to be – so popular. And you're Canadian, by the way. So it's kind of, uh, you know, funny that the most beloved New York anchor is from Canada. Well, you don't have to be born in New York to be a New Yorker. That's you know? true. That's I mean, true. I, I, I'm not sure when you cross over, but I there's a point years. at which. It's, ten, really, it's, just, it's just automatically 10 years. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I mean, that's my rule of thumb. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great. I mean, if you want to look at it from an employment perspective, it's great to have a job where people expect you to be there they don't expect they don't they don't want to see a substitute they don't want you to take time off they expect you to be there and you know hopefully your employer will uh will value that when it comes time to to set your your work arrangement for the next year sure there's definitely some brand equity in pat kiernan but you your work spans um many many um uh, platforms, radio host, um, game show host. Uh, you are actually co-host with Kelly Ripa on uh, her show when Regis was retiring and they were looking for a replacement. How was that? It, it was fun. I mean, she's great. Yeah. And, and I, I went through a, an exercise in this past year looking for a co-host. Uh, and it's really hard work to bring somebody new in every day mm. and, and get their rhythm and bring them up to speed on what's going to happen on the program. And I mean, Kelly Ripa did that for a year and a half, I think, when they were <laughs> trying mm. to decide who would replace Regis. I was fortunate enough to be invited to do it three times and was one of the people in contention for it. But, uh, you know, I, I give her credit. She brings 100% every day. And, and they got through that process uh, in, in a way that everybody felt like like she gave them 100% of their attention along the way. So it was, it was great to be involved. I, I mean, I, got, I met people, people get in touch from uh, out west and in Canada who hadn't seen me in oh, years. Yeah. And I, you know, I woke, woke up this morning and saw you on with Kelly. Yeah, your first grade buddies and your great aunt Judy, you know, everybody yeah. calls in. And Kelly is phenomenal. She's a really hard worker. She's so special. Just so genuinely nice. I've been grateful to be on the show a couple of times myself, and uh, there it, it's like unlike any other program because um, and you you yeah. know that there you know there are people in in radio and television who are not necessarily what you see on TV. It's not necessarily mm -hmm. what you get behind the scenes, but she, you know she's the same. She's the real deal. Backstage or yeah. uh, or on camera. What is maybe your financial philosophy? If if you if I if I may ask, maybe a money mantra that you. Um, adhere to that helps keep your money in check 
you know, one uh, one financial philosophy is if you can grow top line, you don't have to trim expenses as much. So make more, <laughs> don't save. Make more, maybe. Is <laughs> well, it's good to save too. But but if you know, I, I've uh, you've mentioned that I worked at CNNFN. Uh, I didn't do that. I didn't leave New York One to do it. I figured out a way to layer that on top of what mm-hmm. I was doing at New York One. Uh, the same thing with the stuff I've done for Canada for Business News Network. When I, I did a show last year for CNBC called Crowd Rules that they canceled after two episodes, but mm. uh, uh, you know, again, that was that was an extra job that I managed to work into the schedule. So it's it's great if you can add that on because that's either money that can go straight into investment, straight into something you've been been saving for, and it doesn't have to affect your daily lifestyle. Yeah, I do that too. I compartmentalize my my earnings sometimes because I also free, I freelance and I have various revenue streams and it's it's kind of helpful to think of like this is my job that's going to help pay for my mortgage or this and then this is the job that's going to help us have the summer home if we really want, you know, to right, save for keeps, that. It keeps you motivated on that that you know this is why I'm doing that. Here's the tangible goal. Uh, you know, yes, this extra job is keeping me up at night but mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're, I'm going to do it for a month I'm going to power through it and that money has a very specific purpose and you're fortunate in that you know while you do have to get up a lot earlier than most of us uh, you're, you're on live at around 5 a.m. Um, you're done by what 10 11 most days yeah and, and then I, I do have some flexibility and I realize that not everybody has that flexibility if you've got a job where your boss expects you to be in the office or out making calls 12 hours a day mm-hmm. you might not have the ability to add something on but it is a strategy when you ask about my financial philosophy that I have employed successfully. And it's important in our field, I think in media, it's important to be able to uh, do as many different uh, projects and, and experiment with different types of work as possible because, uh, you know, media, while it's an ever-expanding uh, world, it's also a shrinking world in terms of the kinds of jobs that you might be accustomed to maybe disappearing and new ones come and, and, and so you have to always kind of be one step ahead of sometimes mm-hmm. even your employer. Um, yeah, so. I, I think networking, that, that's a very clear example of why you want to have a broad network and work with all sorts of different people. But it really applies to almost any business. That mm-hmm. it, not, not in the same way, but it's very easy to, to sort of get into your routine and not reach out and not have a professional network. And... You know, that network almost always comes back to pay back in some way in the future. I agree. Well, let's talk money memories. Um, as little Pat Kiernan growing up in Canada, this is the part of the show where I like to ask guests to take us down memory lane a bit to a moment in time in their life where they remember vividly a financial experience or something that they witnessed that really either shaped or influenced the way that they think and act with money today? Well, if you go way back when I ran a paper route in Calgary, I was an afternoon delivery boy for the Calgary Herald. Uh, and it was, I think it was 450 a week or something. I mean, it was 450 a month. It's kind of a lesson that I didn't really understand what the lesson was at the time. But they had what they had called the prepaid option where somebody could just be billed by the office and then you as the paper would have to go around once a month and find them at home with the $5 to bring you at the door. But but they never advertised this option. So I was like, well, wait a minute. 
you know, I can increase my hourly earnings by basically decreasing the number of hours I spend on this job if I don't have to do this pain in the butt, door to door, hmm. collecting the money. So I created my own promotion for the prepaid <laughs> alternative. And look, can you just, just let them bill you once a year so that I, we don't have to have this conversation yeah. on your doorstep once a month? <laughs> and it was, it was great because I got about half of the people signed up for the prepaid alternative. The, my supervisor of my paper route was, was baffled by it. I was like, nobody else has as many oh prepaids gosh. as you. What's going on there? I said, well, you know, this, this is unnecessary administration for my small business. <laughs> I, I, you're, you're, you, you, if you guys do the work at the office, you don't pay me any less for the papers. And it means that I don't have to do this door-to-door collecting thing. And how old were you? Uh, 12, 12, 12. 13. Always looking out for for uh, for Main Street, Pat Kiernan, you know, reading the fine print for everybody, putting it in bold, <laughs> and being like, "Listen, folks, there's an easier way." Yes, exactly. I love that. I love that. Financial fail, Pat. This is where I ask my guests to be a little, a uh, bit of an open book for us and, and mm-hmm. vulnerable at times. Talk about maybe a time in your life where you didn't exactly have a proud money moment, and what did you learn from it, and what what exactly happened? So, uh, probably 10 years ago now, in some nostalgia for spending more time in Canada, uh, there was uh, the ski resort where I learned to ski, where my parents had owned nearby property for years, uh, created a, a fractional ownership development where you could buy a quarter of a condo. Uh, so I bought a quarter of Unit 221 at Panorama Resort, and uh, I thought, you know, we'll, we'll get there once or twice a year and ski a little bit, and then we'll put it in the rental pool the rest of the time, and we'll not end up paying a lot for our vacations there, because we're going to make this money back for the rental, we're going to get appreciation in the investment at that time. So it was all good on paper, and then the the government in British Columbia passed a tax change which said that if property was rented more than 30% of the calendar year, it was considered a commercial property rather than a residential property and it would be taxed at the commercial rates. Oh. So immediately the operator, the operator of this place said, okay, you can only pick three months a year that you put your property into the rental pool. But it should probably be okay because if you pick the peak months, you're, you're going to get most of the money anyway. Well, I mean, it totally blew the calculations on the place. Oh, no. um, and I, I think I ended up selling it for a 10% loss or something like that. Uh, I feel like you could have bought it, that, though, because you signed the papers. And you were the owner prior to this law changing. I feel like you should have been grandfathered into the, you know, the, the, way, the way of old. Oh, we were such little people in that because it was a, it was a, a province-wide change. It wasn't mm. just you know, targeted at this one development. And, I mean, you, they could easily have said, we're going to rent you around and take the higher tax rate, but the higher tax rate would have more than wiped out mm. any benefit from from renting you around. Uh, the bottom line on that was I, I learned a lesson in not confusing investment property with vacation property. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've, you know, we've purchased both since successfully, but I've tried not to make one into the other. Yeah. 
Well, we were talking earlier. We both live in Brooklyn, and uh, we both lived on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I, I did, too, for many years. And it was a bit of a transition coming to Brooklyn, but... And, and not to get too local here, but I think Brooklyn is pretty, it's pretty well known around the world as kind of the new hot spot. I mean, I was in Spain you know, for my honeymoon. They were selling Brooklyn t-shirts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that felt cool. Um, but uh, how do you like Brooklyn? I mean, uh, we were just talking earlier before we were live that, um, you know, we don't like to use the word investment when it comes to real estate when it's your home. But by golly, if you bought in Brooklyn a uh, little, you know, any time before last year, even if you bought last month, chances are you're going to make a nice, rec- you know, return on your on your purchase, not your investment. Well, look, we had the same success in Manhattan. We bought an apartment that was a bit of a mess, uh, expanded it, cleaned it up, and sold it at uh, at a huge gain compared to what we paid for it and then made the move to Brooklyn into property that on a per square foot basis wasn't nearly as expensive yet gave us as much space for our family a similar commute to the areas of Manhattan where we needed to be so that was a good trade for us that our longtime Upper West Side friends have uh, you know sometimes a little bit of the the Manhattan-centric attitude, and they're like, mm. you're moving where? Yeah. How far are you? Gonna, we're never going to get to see you there. And I mean, honestly, it's really not that far. I know. Uh, Sometimes it's closer to where, depending on where you have to go. But we're, you know, we're really happy with the move and what it allowed us to do because we sold a valuable apartment in Manhattan, uh, bought a house in Brooklyn, and were able to buy uh, a, a, the house, a vacation property as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that was all at less than what we sold the apartment for in Manhattan. So it was a it was an analysis, it was a trade, it was it was a change in lifestyle for us and it was a good investment. Let's talk so many moments. Let's flip it. We talked about a fail. Let's talk about something you're proud of. And already I can tell there's a lot of success and you've had in, in your more recent real estate purchases. <laughs> what else? What else are you really proud of? financially that maybe took some effort, took some hard work, took some strategy that you can share? You know what? What all through almost no effort of mine is rewarding is when you get into a job and the hour you get there, you sign up for the company match on the 401k and maximize your contributions and maximize every dollar that they're prepared to give you. You know, as, as we said at the, the earlier, I'm 17 years into this job. There's a lot of money there now. Yeah. <laughs> even with the dip, even with the dip in 2008, 2009. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's there, there's a lot of money there now. It's still growing, uh, still putting in, and you know we're we're capped at uh, at the federal limits on on how much we can put into that. But it's still, after all those years with the appreciation, it adds up to a lot of money. And I, when we when their young employees come into to our newsroom, I'm like, you've got to do it. I know it's painful. I know they're not paying you enough right yeah. now, but but at a minimum, get in there, grab on to that company match, and that that's free money that they're offering you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not taking it from them, you're doing yourself a disservice ten or twenty years from now. I have to say, I use this story a lot because when I first started working at New York One, that was the first time I had been 
given the option of a 401k and it was my first day and I went into HR to do my paperwork and I remember Mary who at the time was in HR she said Mm -hmm. to me you got to do the 401k because actually Time Warner had a very generous at the time and probably still match program and I really didn't know what she was talking about but she was so adamant and so firm with me that I just said okay fine you know I'll do I'll do at least up to the match and I'm so glad that I did because when I left New York one only maybe two and a half years later I had about 30 grand saved yeah. which I couldn't tell you there's no way I could have saved that much money on my own no way and I was not I've been very public about how I've how much how little I made at New York one with a graduate degree Running the business unit, I made 40 some thousand dollars a year. So to be able to save almost a year's salary in just two and a half years, and that's, of course, with appreciation and compounded interest, but pretty phenomenal. Right. Uh, so uh, that, that's no miracle recipe for success, Pat Kiernan, financial <laughs> yeah. success. But, but, but I just yeah, think it's, yeah. it's an important lesson. And, and even though I, I know what the compounding power of that money is and what the company match does, Still, when I get those statements now, I'm like, you know, it's real money now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, do you have habits that are money habits, Pat? Because my next question is, what's maybe a routine financial act, behavior, step that you take that, again, could be super practical? I mean, like for me, one of my habits is I just I follow smart people on Twitter that mm-hmm. have great financial wisdom to share in 140 characters or less. And that for me... And often there's a link. But that for me is kind of a daily way of staying in touch with with money and, and how to manage money well. So what's something that you do? Okay, so two, two things. One on the investment side and one on the spending side. Sure. Uh, on the investment side, I've been obsessive lately about reading local real estate listings. The, the best advantage you can have in a real estate investment is knowing something that not everybody knows. So... I feel like if, if you can have a, a, a geographic area ideally near you where you're traveling every day and you can just take notes about that and see an opportunity where somebody else might not see it as quickly as you, you may be able to, to get into uh, to something earlier than everybody else. And you know, that ultimately may be worth 10 or 20 or 30% in, mm-hmm. in an investment. So I... I look very closely at what's happening in Williamsburg and Greenpoint and Brooklyn because that's my turf these days. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like now I know enough about that market. When I see something come on that looks like a potential investment, I I know it and I can sniff out you know which things are overpriced and which things are underpriced. You know, there's not all this money that I'm able to throw at real estate investments, but uh, the ones that we've made, I've I've made carefully, and I think they've been well priced because I knew what to look for so I, I do always try to educate myself on that uh, the other thing on the spending side is I, I love my monthly trip to Costco because <laughs> it, it you know, we were in we're in a neighborhood where there's there are a lot of mid-sized supermarkets within walking distance they charge you a fortune for staples the uh, paper towel and Toilet paper and Ziploc bags are twice, three times as expensive as they are at Costco. So you know, I'd like to drive the car to Costco, load up on that stuff, throw it in the basement, which I have now that I moved from my Manhattan apartment <laughs> to a house. In I was going to say, you need the space. You need the space. <laughs> 
I love no, for a Costco it's... membership, but I think I'd have to like carry everything on my head if, in order to make it work in terms of space. But I, it, it makes me feel good about money because, you know, we can we can at this point afford to pay whatever ransom price the place down the street is paying. But it doesn't mean you should. It doesn't mean you should stop caring about that dollar that you can save. So, I, I, I like to buy my Heinz ketchup at a quarter <laughs> the price. What's something you won't buy at wholesale, though? I mean, I think perishable sometimes can be very it can be very wasteful if you don't finish it and it, if it goes if it goes bad or sour. Yeah, I'm troubled by that, but it's still cheaper. <laughs> what's if? No, from the saving the earth point of view, it, it's, it is bad that you buy more than you can use before it goes bad. But it feels like you're, you're, you know, you're beating the system. The racket is trying to charge you, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, $3 for each croissant you buy. And you go to Costco and, you know, Costco is legendary for its, its good quality on this stuff. It's not like they're cutting corners on the quality. But you know, literally, like, like something that's $3 a serving at a local bakery the same thing of comparable quality at Costco. You're going to get a dozen of them mm-hmm. for four ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, one thing that I do get at Costco through my parents' membership is baby is formula for my son. He's um, an infant, and it's uh, ridiculous. It can save like 30% on formula. Well, the diapers was why, was diapers, why I got yeah. into my Costco routine because it was such a saving. You know, just load them up in the back. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. All right, we're almost done. Before we go, we got some so many fill in the blanks. And so what I do here is I start off a sentence, you finish it, first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, I'm you nervous. skeptical. Okay, the, um, the one thing that I spend my money on that makes my life easier or better is? Probably taxis. Yeah. Do you, are I'm you an I... Uber guy or you're a New York City cab yeah. guy? No, I, I use the Uber a lot, mm-hmm. uh, though they've been badly behaved, and I, I need to get onto Lyft as well to see if they're big competitors any better. Uh, and I don't say t- I take the subway. I'm probably on the subway twice a day, but like ten o'clock at night, if I'm at an event, there's mm-hmm. just there's just a moment when I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pay the nineteen dollars and just get in the <laughs> cab because I'm done. Yeah. And, and so that's that's probably it's probably something that I spend that I shouldn't, but I do. Well, if you won the lottery tomorrow, say $100 million, besides taking more Uber rides, what else would you do? Oh, it's a good question. I really like my job. But I would probably negotiate like a part-time thing. Yeah. I'd, we... probably, I'd, I'd probably try not to get up at 3 a.m. five <laughs> days a week. I'd maybe like try to scale that back to three days a week. Or maybe just a weekly Is Pat show. No, just like a weekly yeah. Pat Kiernan show <laughs> that you come in, sure. you know. Sure. Will you call? Airs, well, New York One has the the what is it called? Like the it, it repeats, right? They have the wheel, so yeah. you could come in. This is like I mean, this is how little I remember now because it's been so long. But you could just do like a come in on like Friday at two o'clock in the afternoon, tape your hour long Pat Kieran week long mm. show, and then it'll just air all weekend. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll negotiate your. I'll negotiate, and I'll Perfect. only charge you ten percent. Okay. Uh, la, la, la. The biggest guilty pleasure that I have that I spend probably too much money on is travel. Travel. Where have you yeah. been uh, recently? Uh, the kids had a weird holiday that not many other schools had the first week of October. So we went to uh, Rome and London. Oh, nice. Um, 
and I feel like you know, our, my girls are 10 and 13 now, and there's not that many years that they're home and available to travel with us. So mm-hmm. I feel like if we're going to spend money on that, now's a good time to do it. That's a great gift. Okay, right now, um, do you have your wallet with you? <laughs> I do. Can we open it and see how much is in there and how much and what you're going to use to what you're going to spend your money on? Uh, oh, I just went to the ATM. <laughs> I don't ask all my guests this, and I, I'm thinking of retiring this question, but I just thought I would. Well, yeah, but when, when someone, one of us gets held up on the street. <laughs> uh, well, too many people were telling me they just have credit cards. They don't have any cash. I have $280. Whoa. 282 actually. I think you're the guest with the most cash in their wallet. <laughs> I, 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 I wish that meant I was the guest with the most net assets. But. <laughs> so that's, um, well, that's a lot of maybe lunches and uh, cab rides. and That goes fast in New York, believe it or not. Yes, yeah. yes. The, the, you know, I have a friend that works at a bank. And they have the the default button on the ATM that you know quick cash or whatever, you know, twenty, forty, sixty, eighty. Yeah. And and they're like, you know, New York City, we we triple those amounts. Yes. Like, oh like, yes. Because like, like, the the as much as you'd like to just take out twenty dollars at a time, it's, you know, that's one cab ride, and you're back at the ATM yeah. again. Yeah. I say there's a twenty dollar tax just for leaving your apartment. <laughs> That's, that's what I always say. Okay, when I donate money, I like to give to blank because... I like, this is a very, probably a common ground for us, I like things that have a financial theme to them. Uh, financial literacy charities and things like that have been something that have been, been close to me. Um, and it's not the best organized area of the charity world. I feel like there's, there are bigger national organizations in that space and in other charities that are working on, you know, types of medical research and so forth. I feel like there could be more financial literacy mm-hmm. organizations and more national scope programs in that area. But I, I, do, I do like to, to donate to things like that. And this is the last question. I'm Pat Kiernan, and I'm so money because... <laughs> what does that even mean, Farnoosh? <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'll, intra- I, I'll, I'll translate. I'll okay. translate. Um, it means I've got it going on financially, or I'm a financial role model. It kind of... Don't, haven't you ever seen Swingers? Yeah. Well, I know, the, I know the, the use of the phrase so money in Swingers. It's different, of course, than the way we use it on the show, but... It just means I've got it going on in this context financially. Because I'm I'm always looking for the next thing, not content to just let things stand as they are. Good answer. And you're living that truth. I mean, you're you're everywhere. You're not just at New York One, but you know, tell us all the places we can find you in the new year. Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm on New York One every morning. If you're in New York City, uh, if you. Uh, if you get a chance to, to see the, the new movie Annie, I'm I'm interviewing Jamie Foxx's character on the get street. Out. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and you can always find uh, a rundown of some of my favorite stories from the internet and the newspapers at my website, which is called patspapers.com. Love it. And I know we should mention, we didn't we didn't even mention this, what you've made famous is uh, in the papers, which I think a lot of other stations have tried to mimic. Uh, not to the uh, level of success that you have with it, but essentially is you go through the local papers and sometimes national papers and 
highlight kind of your favorite stories and and for people who are on the go in the morning who don't have time to be reading it's kind of like twitter but it's pat telling you what the uh, the highlights of the day are in terms of news it's cool right on first glance it seems like we've run out of news and we're just reading the newspaper to fill the airtime yeah. but in fact in fact it is a service to you the home viewer yes it is a service and it's a fun as a as a consumer as a viewer it's it's super fun so thank you for that and pat's papers is the website. We'll have that, of course, on so many podcasts.com. Pat, thank you so much. And happy to say that we're kind of neighbors now. It's pretty cool. We're both in Brooklyn. All right. I will look for you on the subway for now. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Have a good, okay. have a good uh, year. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Pat, you can visit his website, patspapers.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Pat Kiernan. We have all the links for where you can find Pat at somoneypodcast.com. And there you can, of course, read the transcript from this interview and leave a comment. We'd love your comments. And as always, I want to hear from you. Submit your question about money, career, life, Pat, other guests. Send them my way. Go to somoneypodcast.com. Click on Ask Farnoosh. And as you know, if you've been listening every weekend, I attempt to answer all of your questions, not some of your questions, every single one. And I've been happy to say that I I think I've answered pretty much everything so far. So uh, what are you waiting for? Looking forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, everyone... I hope your day is so money.